Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. On, on the topic of drugs, I think they're very lucky that, like, the production team are very lucky that they had a couple people who either took fewer drugs or were a little more <laughs> down with contemporary audience tastes. Right. Um, the, can I, I know we do this a lot. Can I read you a line from the Wikipedia article? Please do. It's under the section called Revision for Broadway. Mm-hmm. The off-Broadway book, already light on plot, was loosened even further and made more realistic. For example, Claude had been written as a space alien who aspires to be a cinematic director. He became human for the Broadway version. <laughs> Outstanding. Like, I... the, they got Standing. really lucky in a bunch of ways. <laughs> ridiculous well i mean i've heard stories that they went on stage some of the time just completely high on lsd like oh i'm sure which i'm sure would add a certain element of fun that uh, just sounds terrifying <laughs> maybe some danger for the rest of the cast i uh, can't really terrifying. see that happening now um <laughs> but hey why not give it a certain authenticity <laughs> somebody get us another drink welcome to jim and tomic's musical theater happy hour your weekly podcast with shots and show tunes what are you drinking today, Jimmy? Today, mm, it's really delicious. It's uh, lemonade. Ooh, <laughs> sounds yummy. I am having uh, rum and Coke. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> because I wanted to embody the counterculture movement by pulling a complete 180 and going with the embodiment of corporate America through a refreshing Coca-Cola classic. A thesis by Tommy. (laughs) (laughs) I I see that. I see that analysis there. All this mention of counterculture, what on earth are we even talking about? Uh, Our quiz question last week, what (laughs) musical revival caused an audience member to strip completely naked because she loved it so much? One can only imagine. There's only a handful of naked musicals out there. (laughs) <laughs> they're quite small in their number um but it is it's hair hair, 
fleas in my hair. A home for fleas, a hive for bees, a nest for birds. Ain't no words for the beauty, the splendor, the wonder of my hair. Blow it up, show it up, long as I can grow my hair. I want it long, straight, curly, fuzzy, snaggy, shaggy, ratty, nutty, holy. I'd like to argue yeah. that here is probably one of the most important musicals that's ever existed. Okay, I, I'm I, just gonna throw that out there at the start. That's that is a lofty, lofty claim. I'm Damn right. <laughs> I'm gonna throw this to you because I think this is a feat in and of itself, Jimmy. If you had to describe hair to someone right. who knew nothing about, I was it. really hoping I was gonna get to ask that question to you. <laughs> God damn. Um. Okay. Right. <sighs> okay. Here is a celebration uh-huh. of psychedelia, the sixties, and flower power. I, that's a good, a good kind of one sentence summary of hair, right? And I don't think you can go any further There's than that. Not, really. Well, it's just it's so different every time. <laughs> completely, yeah, completely. And I mean, at its time, yeah, there was literally, you know, I mean, there was literally nothing like here um so it, in that respect it kind of put a curveball onto broadway especially nothing that was so successful like this this was the no. tony award-winning musical of its year like that's ridiculously successful incredible Although it did not win the tony due to some controversy i thought it did asterisk correction um <laughs> we'll get into that too um it won the revival it did not win its ah. original tony how interesting. Do you know what it lost to? Everyone's favorite musical, 1776. Ah, of course. <laughs> of course it did. Well, you know, that in, in a way speaks volumes, doesn't it? Yeah. So Hair Hair is a it's a musical about a time period and a and a culture. It's about yeah, a movement. A movement, yeah. And it is as much a musical as it is like almost a a documentary style recording of like a a style and a culture and a community of the late 60s. Yeah, I think documentary is a great way to kind of talk about it because it's it's looking at everything. It's taking a massive cross-section of this entire community, this entire era and and putting it out there on a stage, kind of tied together in a sort of similar Cats vibe, yeah, uh, with this, with this very loose plot. Better but, than Cats. I mean, yeah, I would also <laughs> agree with that. That's a low bar. <laughs> but in, in the way I think it, it it knows that it doesn't need a plot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just like this is a thing that will take you through this journey. Yeah. As opposed to this is the story that you have to get, you know, hung up on. Absolutely. So, question. Yeah. A lot of people say that Hair is the first rock musical. Yeah. Do you agree with that? No. Um, I would say, I mean, Bye Bye Birdie came out in 1959, um, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, a good decade before Hair. Rock had entered the musical theater culture 
long before Hair had. I think people call it a rock musical because of its style. When people mm-hmm. say rock musical nowadays, what they mean is it's not a book musical in its traditional way. Yeah, and I think they also just mean like it's got guitars. Right, you know? exactly. <laughs> like, there's, there's no strings. You listen so. <laughs> to the music and it's not, I mean, it has rock influences, but it has African tribal music influences right. and funk influences. Electronica, like, like yeah. it's exactly. It, like, I have no problem throwing it into the rock musical bin for mm-hmm. the sake of classification because Don't it is it certainly... In <laughs> I'll put in, in Remember we call I know, we, you know, the UK, we, <laughs> it's like, so mean. It's very good. <laughs> What's a better way. receptacle? The mu- the rock musical bathtub. Bucket? Uh, bucket, oh yeah, bathtub. Bathtub. Mm-hmm. Um, because of its style, certainly, but it was by no means the first. It was the yeah. first of a lot of things. I think instead of calling calling it like the first rock musical, mm-hmm. I think it was the first kind of like contemporary musical yeah i like to say that it it was the kind of the birth of people being like "Ah, okay musical theater can do this yeah i i would i would challenge that only because i think since hair there's Mm -hmm. also been nothing like it It, again very true and for it to be the birth of a movement there'd have to be imitators but we you know mm-hmm. certainly it changed the musical theater landscape but we didn't get a bunch of hair twos yeah very true very true i think in the way that though that it was kind of like a non-linear yeah uh, i guess concept yeah musical then uh, you know that was it was about to enter into the 70s which was the year of the concept the year Absolutely. the decade of the concept musical um so in a way it, it kind of birthed that but there's been no there's been no like psychedelia i think that's the thing is it's 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 so many things yeah it is it's just it's many things yeah like certainly so you know company came out in 1970 the first kind of non-linear book musical and i Mm -hmm. don't think company would have found any success had hair not come before yeah and yeah i i I would completely agree which is strange right but isn't that yeah. weird? <laughs> but I think people were just able to then accept that, oh, here's the theatre and this, you know, musical theatre. We're not expecting. We're not going into a show now expecting a Rodgers and Hammerstein story. Yeah. We're we're expecting something a bit different now. And people were ready for it. It was the 70s. Like A lot of people were ready for it. <laughs> yeah. We we were. <laughs> we were. We were. Were we alive in the 70s? We would have been. I, I'm sure I would have been part of the hippie movement. Oh my god, a hundred and there's like watching here over and over again, it like has defined that inside me that I am mm-hmm. a massive hippie. <laughs> I'm proud of it, guys. I'm proud of it. Oh, once upon a looking for Donna time, there was a sixteen year old virgin. Oh Donna, oh oh Donna, oh 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 looking for my Donna. I just got back from looking for Donna, San Francisco, psychedelic urchin. Oh Donna, oh oh Donna, oh 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 looking for my Donna. My 16-year-old, a tattooed woman, heard a story She got busted for her beauty Oh, 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 oh Once upon a looking for Donna time There was a 16-year-old virgin Oh, Donna, oh, oh, Donna, oh, oh, oh Looking for my Donna Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the plot of it What what okay. actually happens in this, this old show? It's hard. That's a hard question to answer. 
the 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 movie version mm-hmm. which i think oh, yeah. we'll <laughs> talk more extensively along has a, a quite a linear plot to it yeah it's a great story <laughs> and th- that is not in the stage musical not at all at all i've never seen like an adaptation so different no. to the original source material it's ju- it's like a, a different my mind. a whole different story <laughs> literally completely the, the hair of the stage musical we meet this tribe of bohemian hipsters and yep. they kind of welcome us into their world and we talk yeah. about everything from drugs to religion to sex to the war the vietnam war at the time to the draft yep. to hair um yeah race race and kind of like what the whole counterculture movement yeah you know i mean and, and people being against that we do have some characters mm-hmm. which are actual specific characters so we've got well, I guess the main character would be Claude. Leader of the tribe. Claude Hooper Bukowski. And he, yeah, it would be like the leader. And he's the kind of one that threads the plot yeah. from beginning to end the most, I would say. Then we've got Berger, who is a bit more super hippie, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Like, a bit more rocky. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he's a, a troublemaker? Yeah, he's a troublemaker. He's like a Jack the Lad. He's fun. Yeah. Mischievous. We like <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's play- <laughs> um, and then we've got Sheila. Sheila. Who is a college dropout mm-hmm. turned protester. Was she a dropout? I guess I don't I know if she dropped out. I, I imagine she didn't graduate. And she's yeah. a protester. That's yeah. I can't remember what the That's a good specific dramaturgical question. Thank you. Yeah. And then, who else do we have? We've got got We've got HUD, a militant black guy. Mm-hmm. Um, woof woof <laughs> woof v- vaguely homosexual um, yep very kind and gentle and very like i i would say like flower massive flower power hippie. yeah like if you think stereotypical hippie i that's, think you think woof that's woof you know yeah. what i mean i've dressed up as woof for halloween before that kind of thing <laughs> um, i'm saying it now there'll be a picture in the show notes because if right. i say it now we have God, to put i'll need to try and track notes. it down but yeah of course <laughs> I'm fine with that. Ching, and then there's like a couple of others as well. But I would say yeah. they're the they're the, the, the main the main core. But again, you don't please don't expect any character development. <laughs> please don't expect any. It's just not. It's not a traditional story. Musical. Like, it's just not. I do want to talk about is the idea of a tribe yeah. um, and tribe musicals. I th- One thing I've kind of realised, the more I've directed shows, is there are certain musicals out there which I would consider to be tribe musicals that I think have only existed since here. And that is basically, it shows that the cast come together and everyone's on an equal pegging. Mm-hmm. You're all believing in this cause and very, I don't know, very, you just beca- you become a tribe. You become this little company it's very 
this is one of the things that I love a lot about Harry. It is not only a documentary in kind of American history, but it's a documentary in theater history. This idea yeah. of like a uh, all equal tribal kind of production is something that was very much being pioneered in the mid 60s, where the roles between director and performer and writer and composer and one actor playing one role and actor playing another role are completely mm-hmm. blurred. Yeah, and like hierarchy of roles, you know, I mean, there's none totally, of that. Totally, totally gone. I mean, if you're in any kind of preparatory drama land, this is like the teachings of Viola Spolin. Uh, impro- <laughs> you probably own her improvisation for the theater book. She's standing in front of a chair. It's blue. She's holding a microphone. Um, also, <laughs> it's it's like on everyone's bookshelf. Um, do you own this book, Jimmy? You should get this uh, no, book. No, but what is it called? What Improvisation for the Theater by Viola Spolin. It's filled okay. with improv games. They're both... Uh, I so Viola Spolin would recommend and... another improv book, just to mm-hmm. jump in. Yeah. Uh, Impro by Keith Johnson. By Keith Johnson. All right. He founded the oh, Theater Sports, ah. um, which is like the biggest improv thing. Anyway, sorry, continue. So there, um, Viola Spolin and then also the teachings of Paul Sills who founded mm-hmm. Second City in Chicago. Right, okay. This is like the birth of what we now know as improvisational theater. This kind right. of group of actors coming together to create things off the cuff and like trusting, you know, this is the birth of yes and, and yeah. like all of these kind of um, cores of improvisational theater is yeah. what spurred the creation of air. Completely. I, I just feel like it's... I don't know, because like, the shows that I've been in, so, for example, Rent is a massive tribe musical. Uh, Heights, when I directed mm-hmm. it, like, our cast, anyone of you who are listening who's <laughs> in my cast, it was scary how close we got. Like, mm-hmm. we we were, like, scared to be apart from each other. Probably, yeah. you know, in some ways quite bad, but it was great for the show because everyone had each other's backs mm-hmm. and it creates a really powerful feeling on the stage. That you can you can really identify. So I want to know, you know, all of our listeners out there, to let us know what they think their tribe musicals are. Like, because yeah. there has to, I think it's a whole other field out there, like finding that connection. Yeah, completely. Where it's just, I think it is. It's that idea of a cause. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously, with Rent, it's really obvious what the, what the cause is. Right. And obviously, there's a lot of similarities between Rent and here. Oh yeah. You know this idea of counterculture, of the Bohemians. You are this kind of mass group. So yeah, I just find it really. Really interesting. I think here is definitely the the birth of that. Ain't got no home, ain't got no shoes, ain't got no money, ain't got no class, ain't got no scarf, ain't got no gloves, ain't got no bed, ain't got no pots, ain't got no faith. Ain't got no mother, ain't got no culture, ain't got no friends, ain't got no schooling, ain't got no shine, ain't got no underwear, ain't got no soap, ain't got no A train, ain't got no mouth. So obviously here it was very influential in the States. Mm-hmm. Hugely influential. I mean, I is it... But... Well, so it, it made it to the West End eventually, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the rest of the world. The rest of the world. <laughs> pretty, pretty Which pretty is much. crazy, because it's, it's about, from my perspective, you know, as a Yank, it is about the Vietnam War, about flag burning, about hippie culture, like very 
deeply it's so American American issues exactly it's so American but it's been so successful and still continues to be successful like I read that like the Swedish cast recently all got together for a reunion do you know what I mean like the Swedish Sweden yeah like, <laughs> singing about amazing. burning their draft cards like exactly like it's just incredible like it has been I think it is the most translated musical i believe that and it's it, i mean I, I don't know the exact statistic but it has to be one of the widest spread and it just got revived uh 2009 in america it did indeed it did indeed and it won the tony because it was it was like huge again hugely successful yeah back in the states which it which is so it's it seems to me it seems like such a period piece yeah i was surprised by how successful it was in 2009 and i think there are parts of it that come back you know america's always at war and at least contemporarily we usually hate that we're at war um yep and like but we don't have the draft hippie culture hasn't seen a significant big uptick nope there's certainly discontent among young people but i think that's just a standard thing that we feel like comes in waves but actually it's yeah just young people get older um i think so um, i don't know i yeah i don't know either um i mean it is a, it is a great show but it's because it's show. like like we kind of said earlier that it's very different like it's not like the the kids of today are so used to the hair format now yeah. that the, you know here seeing the first one it's it's just so different so it's i i don't know what the pill was it's so dense with 60s references like really yep. really deep specific references to slang that would have been used by hippies or <laughs> yeah. people that existed or like things that i wonder if you know unless like i wonder is it popular among hippies who are now yuppies who are coming to see i know Broadway shows i know like, well i mean this is this is something i really want to get into i was going to talk about it later but let's talk about it right now yeah because i actually almost disagree with it being put on now yeah um because especially especially like now as in like today if they revived it again because mm-hmm. i guess 2009 that was what many years ago now, yeah, that's true. <laughs> seven years, years ago. ago yeah basically you're not gonna get a theater that's gonna let hair go for cheap the original production of hair basically i, I don't know whether it was a, a special thing that they had or whether it was a, a theater thing but um their cheapest tickets went for four dollars and their most expensive tickets went for eleven dollars. And they they like finagled their way into the into a theater. Um, completely. They were completely. they they had been preemptively banned from all of the Nederland organization theaters and all the Schubert theaters, I think. It's like mm-hmm. all the big theaters in town had said, Nope, we will not we will not have you. Right. Uh, which is awful because you're like, that's frustrating because it's not what it's about. Um but then also so I'm again like this is the kind of hippie in me. I'm like yes that you fought for it that you've got your theater. Um, and they they did the complete right thing of they weren't about making money. They just wanted to have the show that everyone could come and enjoy. I can't think of any theater producer nowadays that that is going to be happy with that. No, I'm sure even the recent revival. They, I'm sure tickets were still going for five hundred, six hundred dollars. I mean Gavin Creel and all like exactly i mean it was huge it, you know and it, that i think is completely against what here is do you know what i mean here isn't for 
the rich white folks that Mm -mm. you know shunned all of these people right back in their day (laughs) i mean shunned that lifestyle i don't like the thought that they're kind of going to the theater and being like oh god yeah love the hippies love the hippies (laughs) right off we now go to you know sardis so disingenuous and yeah completely and i just think if if there was ever another production Mm -hmm. i mean i don't i don't know what is written into contracts or written into licensing information or anything like that Uh but i just hope that they would honor that especially in today's climate like every other day there's someone coming out and being like the tickets are too damn high (laughs) yeah because it's it's true they are well there's something inauthentic about just the concept of reviving hair because it was such a (laughs) Like, they pulled people off the street to be in the original cast. Like, legitimate mm. hippies were in the show. It's vaguely based around the creators, Rado and Ragney's life. And, you know, they wrote it as they went, and there's something so visceral and honest about that. Completely. And anything that recreates it, it already starts from a place of dishonesty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even the film, like... Yeah. They didn't like the film. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I would say, like, again, I wasn't a hippie, but I look at the film like I'm like, that looks like a representation of what hippie uh-huh. culture was. But they're like, no, this flies in the face of it, blah 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 blah. Um, which I think is fascinating. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know I, I don't know how much stake they hold in it nowadays. That's a good question. I know they were huge supporters of the Dan Paulus production. And they were like, the, certainly the Central Park one anyway, um, they were kind of there through through the whole production yeah. time and offered advice to the cast because they've, they've both been in it. And I guess that, that lends it an, an air of authenticity too. If, it, if you yeah. can't have the creators in it, you might as well have them there every Yeah, moment. definitely. So it's, a, it's, it's an interesting one. But we'll see if it ever happens again. Just, yeah. you know, refuse to pay for tickets and... <laughs> something will happen yeah, exactly. um or maybe by then you know we'll have had some weird epiphany and we'll be entered into like a broadway <laughs> utopia where everything's like 20 dollars and you're fine manchester england england across the atlantic sea and i'm a genius genius Can we talk about the movie? Yeah, let's talk about the movie. <laughs> what a movie. I love it. Can I just preface oh, that? Man. I love I, it. So I, I watched this with my boyfriend. He yep. hated this movie. <laughs> Come right. I want to know. Hey. <laughs> I want to know why. Because I know your boyfriend. Well, oh, roughly. And it's, I don't know. I, I would have thought anyone can. I, I agree. I didn't hate this movie, but I think the uh-huh. only thing that kept me from disliking it was my general joy of musical theater right okay the it's the same problems i have with rent generally i like rent but i find the characters completely unsympathetic right okay and like in in the rent movie everyone's just an asshole everyone's an asshole and like we're gonna go invite you to this dinner we're gonna crash this party we're gonna really crash this party we're gonna get arrested no give me the money so i can break us out of jail like no you got your own self into this mess i'm not gonna give Those you my last freeloaders yeah exactly yeah so basically you're the opposite of a hippie is what you're <laughs> it's i i understand and appreciate the bohemian ideal like mm-hmm. 
live your own life, be free, let it happen. But there mm-hmm. is a, you know, an, another core tenant of hippieism is naturalism and respect for all things. And that I don't think is represented well in the movie. Like, yeah. hippies are counterculture in that they're going up against the man. But for yeah. that to come across in a confined piece of artwork, like a two-hour movie, you have to yeah. clearly define who the man is and why we don't like him. Yeah. You know? We need to well, know... I don't know. I think they did that. I thought all the people at that party were assholes. But not because of anything they did. <laughs> Except just that woman in the of... pink dress. <laughs> oh, she was fantastic. She was my favorite part of the movie. Her yeah. and the, um, the uh, hallucinogenic orgy scene are, I think, some of the most fabulous Your parts of the bits. movie. I don't know, though. I think because it's that, obviously, that sense of, like, you know, these are the people that are about to give birth to the 80s. Yeah. And, like, the kind of nouveau riche vibe. Yeah. Which completely flies in the face of that, everything that they were fighting for and everything they were standing for, because these are the consumers. They are the Wall Street kids and everything like that. So that I think that's yeah, the kind of sense. It's... And I love that they, they put in... um. I got life at that point mm-hmm. because that that was that was the kind of great argument that Berger's yeah. sitting there very patiently, you know, very, very patiently, yeah. um, <laughs> and not moving. And then he sings this amazing version of "I Got Life." Whilst didn't break anything, they all <laughs> took the plates off the table. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't destructive. It was yeah. a peaceful protest. <laughs> yeah, it's. Just, I think. I think where my big problems stem is that they attempted to add a through storyline, and yeah. I would wager to the detriment of the feeling and the essence of what hair is trying to be yeah definitely like there were a few moments there where i was like oh my god yeah. that like, was I, a loose loose thread i kept <laughs> i kept comparing it um in my mind to across the universe right yeah 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 definitely has its own set of problems and difficulties yeah um but same time period same kind of loosely drawn thread through all these so songs loose. that happened so the, by the beatles but Across the Universe does a really good job at evoking certain feelings. Right. Um, and, like, that is the primary goal, and then the story is second to that. And mm-hmm. I think Hair, the movie, switched those two around. And yeah. Like, I understand why the creators don't like it. I can kind of get that, yeah. But I then, I, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, one thing I think is amazing in it is the choreography. Oh, my God. Twilight Tharp, right? It's sensational. Right? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, just just in terms of what that's doing, like that's extremely way ahead of its time in terms of bringing in that form of dance to musical theatre. Um, it fits the genre to a T. So well. And it's just expertly executed. Like, I think it's incredible. I think it makes the movie. It does. It, I mean, it, it was one of the, the more most entertaining parts of the movie. And it mm-hmm. it looks so effortless. It doesn't look, it never looks like choreography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's actually a lot of the feedback that Hare often gets in terms of reviews and things like that um, is that the choreography is affecting because it does look free and yeah. it looks like people are just getting up and dancing. But there's this slight hint of construction to it, which makes it powerful, which I love. I think that's, and that's incredibly difficult to achieve. Yeah, so, so difficult. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. 
carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Good morning, starshine. are glossing over and it's important to talk about the uh the whole discussion of race that this movie has completely so i think it it, i think it's probably one of the best uh, representations portrayals of Mm -hmm. race issues in theater yeah because it, it, it does it completely differently to any other show but hugely effectively yeah i love the way that right from the start they address it. They bring in colored spade, which is basically every single racial slur that you can think of listed, and then ending with the president of the United States of Love yeah. and finishing it there. And that is literally them saying, like, "Oh, look, race is a thing. Oh, look, there's black people in this show, yeah. and they're parts too." Yeah. And then they come back with, "I'm black," and then it's just like, "I'm black. I'm pink. I'm white. Yeah, cool." Let's start the show. I just love that. It's wonderful. And it's that is some oh my god, amazing construction. Like as much as people point to things like Showboat and Porgy and Bess as being integrated musicals, this right. is if if we're really gonna be honest about ourselves, this is the first integrated musical. Completely. While there were other musicals with white people and black people in them, they still had black people playing black stereotypes. Yeah. You know, racist exactly. black stereotypes. Exactly. And this one has black people and white people on the same level as contemporaries and counterparts, but also doesn't breeze past it. It's because it's, it's, I think because it was the first time it did that. Well, effectively, um, obviously there would be audiences going to see this and being like, Hey, hang on, what's going on here? What's all this mixing? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then they're like, Hey, look, we're aware of it. Shut up. Watch the show. Do you know what I mean? That's a love. I just think that is, and it's so here. <laughs> yeah, it's so wonderfully here. And it's totally, you know, born out of the culture of the time. Like, all the civil rights movement had just been wonderfully effective. You know, black people can yeah. vote and go to the same schools as white people, and there's no more employment discrimination. And, you know, certainly all these things are still problematic nowadays, too, for a mm-hmm. variety of reasons. Right. But this was the time. This was the revolution. And it's the thing that hair captures so well. Yeah. And I, I love the way that it, it literally it barely talks about it again. I guess it kind of brings it back in Black Boys, White Boys yeah. in a little like fun way. Yeah. But that's I, it. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's it's more than a fun way. Like it, be, Interracial marriage was illegal in the United States, you know, less than a decade before this show came right, out. Right. Okay. Oh my God. And having a bunch of black ladies on stage singing about how pretty white boys are. Yeah. There's, there's something incendiary about that. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um. I never, I never thought of that. I guess yeah. that that's like this, you know, kind of it's, the reason for the song. It's sort of the the thing. This is why this is why a revival of hair nowadays is more difficult to get into. Um, yeah, because you're like, yeah, black people and white people. Of course, they like how each other look and find each other sexy. That's fine. What's wrong with that? But yeah, exactly. At the time, that, there was a was... whole generation of people who were still not yeah. okay with this. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. 
the other issues let's talk about them all let's talk about <laughs> war oh i mean is this the movie's certainly more about war than i think the the stage play is hippie culture is about war so yeah. it, it's it's hard to separate those two yeah um but the the vietnam war is going on historically so vietnam war in american history let's be honest is the first big american war that america lost Completely. Um, it's the first american war that americans didn't want to fight in you know you think of the big of world war one world war two we had the draft people were drafted and you went and you fought for your country and yep. you were a, a patriot and then you died for your country and suddenly this bug happened in you know the 60s and a bunch of people were like hey i don't want to go do this this is not this is not my war this is not my cause yeah like what the heck you know, the movie starts with them burning their draft cards. Yeah, it's weird because obviously being a Brit, mm-hmm. I look at the Vietnam War very mm-hmm. subjectively through the eyes of like Miss Saigon. Yeah. And here, like, <laughs> um, you know, we don't get taught about it in yeah. high school history class. I'm sure you do. I mean, I won't pretend to be an expert more because I didn't pay much attention in US right. history class. <laughs> um, but the, the Vietnam War was the contemporary counterculture movement. Like hippies didn't exist until the vietnam war existed yeah and this idea of being of one spirit and a whole global culture like this is where the current contemporary theories of globalism come from and like why are we fighting as these independent nations Mm -hmm. there there is so much culture stemmed from this particular moment in american history and it's i think that's one of the things they're trying to capture this in this musical too is how, you know, I could sit here and try and describe it forever, but until, if you didn't experience it, or if you don't see a production of Hair, it's hard to have an understanding of exactly where that's coming from. Because there's all sorts, you know, in the, in the same way that my boyfriend didn't like the movie, in the same way that I have problems with it, it's easy to fall into the trap of like, why don't you want to go serve your country? This is the thing you do. You know, stop right. being an asshole and... Go do what's expected of you. Exactly. And there's something very bohemian and hippie culture about like, no. There's a lot of there's a lot of drugs in this drugs, drugs in this musical. So guess what? Mm-hmm. I don't take drugs. Yeah, um, I never have. I have never even seen the. I don't know the the point. Uh huh. But like weirdly watching this, I'm like, yeah, I could get into that. You wanna... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like this is. I mean, of all, cause this was a very controversial show when it went on tour. You know to all the, the south of the bible belt in the united states right. and i think of the complaints people wage against this one i'm surprised i haven't seen more discussion of the drug use in it because i think that's one of the easier arguments to make it's going Completely. to convince people who watch it like jimmy that drugs <laughs> are a productive and useful thing for them to do yeah. and we um, all know as good puritan americans that that's false exactly like i'm literally a crack cornite because i watch here <laughs> like that's that's what's happened um, i'm not just in case anyone's worried um but yeah i don't know i think that maybe because it was just so 
synonymous because mm-hmm. it was just so the 70s like everyone everyone was doing it as they say that they were just like yeah fair <laughs> like god been there but yeah i don't know i, I always find it interesting I'll tell you what though mm-hmm. some of the drug songs are like my faves oh it's great i mean certainly it evokes that feeling i mean that that's it it's like that kind of era of music i guess mm-hmm. is like the very very start of my musical taste like i'm i'm quite into like my post-punk i'm quite yeah. into my new wave you know high energy like that era that's when it started um, yeah which i guess is all like late 70s 80s but this was like the very start of it like songs like electric blues you know what i mean that's complete that's really bowie like that's late hendrix like this it's it's just so good so they're i say they're like my favorite songs so maybe <laughs> i'm gonna become a drug addict that's you heard it here first america and the world <laughs> i guess yeah <laughs> um it's not true this is a disclaimer theme of i've put it as sexuality slash identity yeah i I think they're even more blurred in the 70s than they would be now right Um, we we talk about this a little bit in when we talked about fun home but like in the this is the sexual revolution and once you start blurring one line you've blurred all lines yeah you know not just monogamy but like are we gonna you know am i gonna be heterosexual homosexual bisexual or human sexual or just sexual like completely do i relate more to being a woman do i relate more to being a man Mm -hmm. like are we all the same like it's it's really interesting some of the things that they talk about like very but again in here fashion just they don't they don't dwell on it nope they don't force it in your thought they're just like hey look at this issue yeah yep cool and like even things that I would wager, while certainly becoming more mainstream in our ability to talk about them nowadays, Mm -hmm. I still think we don't talk about them as freely as hair kind of approached them. Not at all. Like, the second song, third song of the show, is called Sodomy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and it is just a list of sexual acts which people find lurid. Yep. What? Like, that's incredible. And it's it's so incredible. And you you wouldn't get that today. Exactly. It's wonderful commentary. It's like the what is the lyric? Why do these words sound so nasty? And yeah. like they're, you know, it is it is pointing out the humor of it all. Like we're talking about things that presumably a lot more a lot more people do these things than talk about these things. Right, exactly. So why do we feel uncomfortable talking about them? Uh-huh. Even just like hearing the word, do you know what I mean? And that's the thing, because I'm sure, like, I've never, I've unfortunately never seen a production of hair, but I'm sure at that point people are getting themselves laughing in that like yeah. cheeky, exactly. like high schooler way. Like, how, <laughs> how can you, you not? Felicio? When someone's saying, you know, Conalingus, like, exactly. it's funny. 
but that i think again like some of the biggest songs to come from here are the ones about identity and what it means to be a person of that time so yeah we're talking here the song here um ain't got no slash i got life made famous by nina simone um which is actually, I think, one of her biggest hits of all time. Do you know what I mean? Came from here. I don't know. I just think that's interesting that they're the ones that have come out. I think, for better or for worse, there's some of the more cohesive songs mm-hmm. from the show. I mean, there are... I loved reading some of the commentary on the music in this show from established musical theater names. The music did not resonate with everyone. Leonard Bernstein remarked, the songs are just laundry lists and walked out of the production. Richard Rodgers could only hear the beat and called it, quote, one-third music. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, these guys. And oh. they're just, what they're doing is they're watching their world shatter around them. It's That's true. Doing. It's true. I think, like, I understand their perspective. Some of the songs in this are, are just laundry lists, but they're not, yeah. they're, that doesn't make them inconsequential completely like they they have a there's a point to them yeah but it's you know it's not it's not a it's not a bernstein song no <laughs> it's not his not at all. well thought I love out the idea. over poeticism i love the idea can you of imagine leonard bernstein sitting and watching that like, like i love the idea of leonard bernstein walking out of that yeah exactly Ooh, and people drama. knowing who he was as I well know. but they're probably just like classic bernie i would love classic to bernie. Sat, sat behind him during this I imagine, seeing as it's Sondheim September, yes. I imagine Stephen Sondheim loved this show. I was looking around. He's not on record anywhere I can find about talking about hair. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's right right when he would have been starting out. Company was two years later. Yeah. Um, and that was really his big break. Forum was maybe a couple years earlier. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I wonder, theory... Um, we call hair revolutionary in the world of musical theater. Mm-hmm. Had we not then suddenly and immediately seen a great wave of success from young musical theater writer Stephen Sondheim, we may have seen more hippie, funk, rock musicals. Hmm. If Sondheim had well, not taken over. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess there were some. Like, the, uh, Tommy couldn't have been that further Yeah, after. but Tommy Tommy started out as a rock... Like, Tommy comes to us from the rock world. Yeah, but as in, like, you know, th- we were about to... The rock world was about to exist. Do you yeah, know what I mean? in its um, own particular way, yeah. And then we had that concept album from Pink Floyd as well, mm-hmm. which is, in my opinion, still a musical, even though it was never been on a stage. Um, but I, 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 I don't know. I feel there were there were moments, but maybe not as populous as yeah. uh, Sondheim stuff, because that is of such a high caliber that mm-hmm. I guess people were like, "Oh, great, here, yeah, well done, well done." Um, Stevie, Stevie, like right. <laughs> exactly writing something just on a whole another whole another level from hair, not yeah. above or below, just like just different different. worlds happening to happen in the same you know on the same street Mm -hmm. in new york completely so people were starting to get excited about that yeah as opposed to this fun psychedelia so yeah maybe maybe you're right maybe if it didn't exist they would have paved yeah uh, yeah yeah. it's it's weird it's certainly something something in the air in the water in the 60s and 70s broke all the rules of musical theater as people had Mm -hmm. known them um, yeah exactly for, much for the better let me tell you oh i know thank I, goodness yeah i don't think i would run a musical theater youtube channel if we still had to sit through things like oklahoma Sodomy, 
If there was production of hair today, mm-hmm. what do you think it would focus on? If they were able to like update it, add little different references, yeah. What do you think they would? I mean, do you, are we talking about reviving hair with rewrites, or are we talking about a new hair-like creation? No, I think just reviving hair. Well, I guess it kind of amounts to the same you know thing. I mean? Like, for example, in the eighties when it got revived, they wrote like like nine new songs about AIDS. Oh, um, really? Yeah, exactly, oh, which I've never that. been able to find. But huh. it says it on Wikipedia, so therefore it Must has be true. to be true. It has to be but true. But I can also see that being very yeah, true. That sounds do you know like what the mean? sort of thing they do. But like, so what would be like your nine new songs? Of to 2016 hair? It's, these are good questions. I mean, certainly today we'd be talking about the effed up election politics in the United mm-hmm. States right now. A lot of the same things, I would wager. We're still fighting needless wars people have varying opinions on that i don't know it's i i feel like nowadays in 2016 i feel on the edge of a new counterculture movement it's about time these things happen like a pendulum and about the last time was the 70s so we're far enough away that another one's going to happen but i don't know you know it should be kids our age it should be kids our age who are discontent with the unemployment rate with failing gdp and all sorts of things like that lack of future you know that all the machines are taking our jobs and we should be protesting that but at least as all of the new york times articles say (laughs) us millennials are too busy playing pokemon go to care exactly we hate the world because we (laughs) want to catch our pokemans um i again like that was the question right at the start that i wanted to ask is what is our counterculture at the moment like yeah I just don't think we have one, and I wonder. This is this is an extremely meta of me, but I wonder if we ever could have one. Have a hair like I mean, it seems Bec- just because in terms of like media nowadays, like it, it's not nineteen eighty four. I'm not that much of a skeptic, but like a lot of our thought is controlled by the media. Yeah. Right? And I think that's fair to say. Yeah, and like not so much in an incendiary way, but like... Yeah, just in a, we are kind of told what to think in the Western world. how much media there is. I would also wager nowadays, like a counterculture movement, for it to take root, it needs different groups of people to kind of like glom together. Mm -hmm. And... We Glom, live, great word, sorry. Thank you, anyway. thank you. We live in such a fractal culture world nowadays in our new technology age. Yeah. We're like, you know, to... to oh, this might get us in trouble. Um, <laughs> the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. Which I agree with on a lot of different levels um, mm-hmm. and think they're doing wonderful things and calling attention to really, really serious systematic issues that the United States has been having for decades. Yeah. Um, but their list of issues keeps getting bigger and more complex and more subtle. Um, it was announced today the there was going to be a 54 Below benefit concert in the honor of Black Lives Matter. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't even remember what the particular political issue was, but the movement had added some issue to their platform that... The producers did not agree with 
And in discussion, they found there was no way to hold this benefit while like saying like, we agree with 99% of this except uh-huh. for this 1% thing. And so they canceled it. Um, wow. A lot of that's neither here nor there, except to say that we hold our beliefs so strongly and in such a long bullet pointed list that I think we're, we, a lot of different groups get so busy infighting about mm-hmm. certain things that mm-hmm. there's never a chance for them to unite together as some kind of outward force against a larger good. Like, yeah. I see that in all sorts of movements, and not, you know... N- every, like, every movement nowadays exactly. has that issue. Every, everything from BLM to, like, the Tea Partiers in America, like, across... I don't know what that is. Oh, they're, yeah. they're an awful political movement that is that birthed Donald Trump, basically. Do they hate the British? Is that why it's the Tea Party? No, they're revolutionary because they're dumping tea in the harbor again, but they're really just old ladies from Texas. They were, they were Sarah Palin. They were... Ah, okay, okay, yeah. cool. Um, but like they get busy with their infighting. Yeah, like LGBT issues, yeah. feminist issues. Yeah. Like we get so into them, and God, we're getting really into it now. But it doesn't matter. This <laughs> idea that everyone wants to have a voice, and yeah. everyone now has a platform to have a voice. Mm-hmm. So therefore, instead of just getting broad sense things, you are getting like, yeah. But the thing that I champion is this one that no one's talked about yet. Right. And the thing that I champion is thing that no, and that's actually more important than your yeah. one. Do you know what I mean? And that's the kind of thing that we're getting into now that it's so difficult just to worry about peace and love and and i i think this is partially to blame for our large media portrayal of things but we're we have been conditioned to look at things in a very black and white manner like you know how many how many people on the internet have you seen like well this movie that i was really excited about does this one thing that i find problematic and inconsiderate so i now hate this movie Yep, and I hate every movie that's come before it, and, and every and every actor company. who's been in it. You know, <laughs> yeah. this this politician I agree with on eighty five percent of the issues, but the rest of it I just can't stand, and so I'm not going to vote for them. Like exactly, that's, defame, defame, defame. Yeah, that's yeah. a fallacy. Nothing yeah. is black and white. We just are humans, so we have to prescribe that kind of meaning to things. Exactly, um, and we get so caught up in it all that yeah. the action never happens. Yeah. I'm sure there's some great like intellectual literature right there about exactly what we're talking about, and I kind of want to go hunt it down. Obviously, back in the day, mm. during this hippie hippie movement, it was make love not war. It was yeah. like peace and peace and love and harmony. These things that are so simple, yeah, so simple. But why can't we get to them? So you look at even just the history of hair. Hair is one of the few musicals referenced in Supreme Court materials. Um, right. They were oh, they were on tour in boston maybe and the show got shut down over the nudity and yes. it, made, it made its way up through the court and eventually they were allowed to play yeah uh, it was well, I mean, four four. so in london it, mm-hmm. they didn't put it on until neville chamberlain the prime minister was banned from licensing shows and that <sighs> literally changed the face of the west end that's crazy so nowadays like they just waited patiently until everyone realized like yeah, why the hell is the prime minister deciding what goes on? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then it started. So yeah, like hair, hair did it. Hair did it. Hair absolutely did it. Picture in your mind as part of proceedings, uh, the Supreme Court justices had to go see the show. Amazing. Just, they would have loved it. I'm sure that clearly they did, um, or at least half of them did. It was a tied vote, but it right. Okay, made the ruling in favor for hair. Yeah. Um, 
Isn't that silly? Isn't yeah. that absolutely silly? This yeah. is a show. This is a Broadway show. Yeah. Well, n- like, not only that, but like, it's fictional. And while it's right. based in reality, there, no, you know, people are paying money to come and sit and watch this thing. Yeah. If people are upset about it, you don't have to come see it. Completely. And it's, and it's not hate speech. It's not directed towards a group. It's peace and love. It's hippieism. But I don't think that it's ever been a musical that's met more protest than yeah. this show. Like, you read some amazing stories. In fact, I do encourage everyone to go read the Wikipedia article. I know Wikis, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. it's great because it's full of it's, it's very well interesting little tidbits. In fact, yes, yeah, it's, it's really comprehensive, isn't it? Yeah. Um, compared to Cats, like, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it speaks to uh, the different fandoms that the two different musicals Exactly, have. <laughs> yeah. We'll do a bit of the hair trash out there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but, yeah, like, there's Anglican bishops mm-hmm. that would like literally come in with like a megaphone and just mm-hmm. like stop the performance halfway through yeah like it's ridiculous what people were doing yep. i'm like but also kind of love it because i'm like you're scared i what i always enjoy about that so much is like for an anglican bishop to have the wherewithal to come in to hair with the intent of disrupting it that right. means the bishop must have some semblance of knowledge of what's in the musical yeah and that means that's why you know, censorship never wins. That's why these things are always fool's errands. Because mm-hmm. if you're trying to ban something, you can't argue about banning it unless you know what's in it. And so it, it forces you to become acquainted with the thing you think you don't like. <laughs> exactly. Hair, 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 hair. We've got a quiz question for next week. You ready? Yep. 
This musical holds the record for producing the biggest number of Broadway prom queens of any single show. Now that is Queens. With a capital Q. Yep. And that rhymes with poo. <laughs> and that, that stands, stands for... <laughs> <laughs> that it stands, stands for, for a joke I'm not going to finish. <laughs> Disclaimer, it's definitely not the music man. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what is that show? We would really, really love it if you'd head on over to iTunes, mm-hmm. if you don't already subscribe to us over there, and give us... A little old review. Absolutely. If you want to get in contact with us, I'm Tommy. I'm at Musical Mash on Twitter or Musical Theater Mash on YouTube. And I am Jimmy and I am at As in Hendrix on Twitter and YouTube as well as in Hendrix. And guess what? I'm going to have a video coming soon. Yay! Yay! I'm so excited. I I'm know. so excited. Now you got to follow through. <laughs> Damn right. Um, <laughs> or you can go to our website, which is jimandtomic.com. Yeah, you'll be linked to our Reddit discussion. And also the show notes are there. which are The show really notes good. are there, which are beautiful. We spend a lot of time on them, too. We do. Tell your friends about our podcast. Thanks. Uh, see you <laughs> next week. See you next, <laughs> next Wednesday. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's the best outro we've done. <laughs>